startups that are bootstrapped, they're really businesses already. The problem is when you do that, you're most likely going to hire awesome people who are going to do awesome things. To me, that's that's maybe there's a way to just kind of start over a little bit. Hey, listener, this is Out of Beta. My name is Peter Soom, and my co-host is Matt Wensing. Matt is the founder of Summit, and I'm the founder of Reform. And in this podcast, you get to follow along on our startup journeys. If you're a new listener, don't forget to check out our website on outofbeta.fm to find our entire back catalog. Cold start. Hey, Peter. <laughs> we had no uh, warm-up before this, because no. you just told me you, we weren't friends. I just, I just said that if it weren't for this podcast... We probably wouldn't talk much anymore because we're too busy. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I haven't seen you much in Slack, except today you're bouncing off some pricing stuff and it's pretty cool. Yeah. And that, that, then that other question about semantics, which was fun. Yeah, I felt like uh, I could tell the way you asked that more was coming and we we're like about to enter some sort of positioning match. phase or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. How are you doing, man? Pretty good. Honestly, like, life is really good right now. I feel like here in the okay. household, like, everyone is happy and okay. just, like, feel like everyone is, like, doing great. We have we have the, the warmest days of the year right now, I hope, because mm. <laughs> we are going to, like, set a new record tomorrow probably. For, like, br- yeah. Like, it's never been this warm before. And, um... There's a lake just down the street from us that's big and super clean. Went mm. swimming in it today for the first time. It's really awesome. I can't awesome. wait to go down there again. Sounds really good. We yeah, just got back from had... the beach. Oh, nice. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that an was impromptu fun. trip. Yeah, it was. It was uh, also our daughter's 18th birthday, so we celebrated that while we were there. Took her out to dinner, her and her boyfriend, and uh, yeah, had a nice time. And I told you told me that, and I told you how come your kids grow in two year increments, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's it is a little crazy. Yeah, we we her and I uh, we used to talk about. Oh yeah, one day Daddy will be forty and you'll be eighteen. You know, <laughs> and that's here now. So, um, so that's fun. Uh, and we yeah we went to this little beach community in uh, on the Texas coast here. And like the water is not great, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, but it's a beach, and the sand is really nice. And there's this community that they, some developer, obviously had a master plan where they're like, let's build a bunch of really nice beach houses, give the people like a good coal fire pizza place, and a bar, uh, like a tiki bar, and a bunch of nice pools, and then just give them golf carts to drive around. And like, sounds very American. The last part. yeah, and <laughs> parents just bring their kids and. You can like they can walk to the beach safely. There's no roads to deal with or anything, and parents can just decide like if they want to like go to the beach. If their kids are old enough to leave them alone, they can. Otherwise, they can just hang out, you know, hang out at the pools or whatever. It's just like this big resort community, and uh, it's a great way to just unplug for two or three days. I think we kind of stayed for the perfect amount of time this time. It was like uh, two two nights, three days, two nights. Uh, no, no, sorry. It was uh, three nights. That was perfect. It was really nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Coupling with the heat here, it's like interesting compared to, it's probably not much warmer than it, like a normal day in, in Austin, but it's just nothing here is just, it's built for it. It's, everything here is built to like be hotter than it is outside. <laughs> thankfully, like we're one of the odd people that have an air condition unit. So maybe we'll. Maybe we'll yeah. use that. Yeah. The, no, the it, nice thing is, like, the beaches. When I when I walk uh, my son to the to his daycare, the, like mm-hmm. we walk by the beach, um, like a lake beach. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's gonna be my uh, my thing the next few days is like walk him to daycare, totally. go for a swim, and then go back and do some work. I think that's gonna be pretty nice. Sounds, that sounds amazing. Yeah. We, so uh, this this country is not built to deal with with heat. But mm. the good thing here is we have the lake and we have the forest. The forest is amazing when it's super warm. It's like shade and oh kind of, yeah, yeah, of course. The plants are like kind of they kind of keep it cold or chill. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. Well, yeah. So we'll we'll get by. Yeah, we're I think 
we're, we're <laughs> melting over here. It's uh, it was it was it was in the car yesterday. It said 108 on the thermometer in the car, uh, which is well over 40 something I think Celsius. So it yep. was uh, it was pretty pretty brutal, and I just felt bad for everything that has to be outside, like you know, literally the plants, the trees, the flowers, the wildlife, and everything. Like we're it's Texas. We're built for hot, but 108 like. We usually hit 100, and that's, like, the hottest days of summer. We've had weeks on end where it's over 100 degrees outside every single day. And, I mean, yeah, it's it's a little disturbing, but um, hopefully I mean, what, hopefully it ends in what? Like, we have another, like, five weeks of this or something? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when it's going to end. So, yeah. it's rough. Yeah. Probably just random, you know? Weather is random. Yeah, if just there was some sort of phenomena hmm. Hmm. going on. I know. That could explain if only we had hell. a. I mean, if we even had a working hypothesis, like if we just even yeah. had a, a, ideas to work on, maybe we could. But I think it's just crank yeah. up the AC. Just <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Anyway, <Well>, cool. <laughs> hey, we had a yeah. new intro today, but you haven't heard it yet. No, I haven't. Polished, Can't wait. Polished some sh- some stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for doing that. Well, ho- hopefully, you sounded great. It's different. You just uh, you just notice that it's not as bad as it used to be. <laughs> it's almost the same. <laughs> um, yeah, the the sponsored episode we did with uh, Eduflow. I released the first part, as you probably saw. I think it's well. It's what it's one of the episodes that we've gotten the most positive feedback from, and it's a sponsored episode. I think that's pretty yeah. sick, actually. Yeah. Can we can we pause on that for a second? Like, why? That's a bit of a that's a is a violation of the idea of you know you're supposed to have this strong wall between content and advertise editorial and advertising, right? Like if this was a newspaper, you can't mix the two. But I feel like that worked really well and there was nothing I said or did. I just asked him about his business a bunch and so did you. And I don't think there was anything we did differently because he was a sponsor. It was just, thanks, yeah. let's dig into your business. <laughs> he did say um, something at some point that he asked me to take out because it just sounded wrong. That He didn't mean mm-hmm. anything bad with it. It just sounded wrong. And mm-hmm. uh, I would do that even if he wasn't a sponsor, you know? Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think I, we treated him different, really. It really feels... Now, I don't think in this case it was quite the same, but it really felt more like a investigation or office hours kind of vibe of like, let's just dig into your business for a couple hours. Then, it, you know, we weren't really promoting the what the business does as much. No. Yeah. 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 So. And today, like, so I've been kind of holding back on like talking too much about Eduflow, like the, the in like the ad format because mm-hmm. I was just excited to like do this episode and let me kind of like talk about how I think about their sponsorship and this is kind of like the sponsorship part as well but um, mm-hmm. we're just going to talk about the episode because I just want people yeah, to listen to it because it. it's really good um, the way I think about it is and the way I think uh, David the founder of Eduflow thinks about it is the the like the ideal outcome for him for this sponsorship is that more startups know their story because kind of like the thesis is when you know someone's story, you just care more about them. You remember them mm. better. If you just mm. hear about like some deal or like go here, do that, or you don't remember it and it doesn't mm. really mean anything to you. But mm. hearing their story and like spending, you know, when we've released all of it, like, you know, several hundred people, maybe like maybe a thousand people or something like that will have listened to like one and a half hours of him talking. Yeah. That's, that's right. Quite insane. Yeah, think think of the that's really well uh, framed because imagine like someone sees a banner ad, you're talking about fractions yeah. of a second with no yeah. memory of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So on like honestly, like so we have I think in total twelve episodes where we're supposed to talk about Eduflow and kind of mm-hmm. like the deal that they are offering to our listeners, mm-hmm. and I think we're obviously going to do that, but I think the best we can do is just like get people kind of involved, especially, I mean, it works with this audience, right? Because they like our listeners, they care about startup stuff. So like the best we can do is just tell their story 
to as many of our listeners as possible. And then mm-hmm. they'll, all of our listeners that have listened to that episode or those episodes will know exactly what Eduflow does afterwards. Mm-hmm. And they'll have a much better idea than just me like reading some ad. And then yeah. if they ever need anything like that or they want to check it out, they'll do it more in a more like organic way, I think. Um, totally. So him and I talked about like how the nice thing about this, this, them sponsoring for three months is that I'm, I'm, we're not really in a hurry to like get the message out. We can just kind of take our time to kind of like have them as like, you know, kind of like on the sidelines of this podcast for three months and like kind of like mention mm-hmm. them here and there and, um, and tell their story. Mm-hmm. And if that works, which I think it, it kind of is working already, I just think that's really exciting because that's doing that sort of sponsorship stuff doesn't feel like work. And no. people were thanking us on Twitter. Like someone literally was thanking us <laughs> for making this content. It's like, that's you don't right. have to thank us. <laughs> yeah, we already got thanked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I know you were experimenting with, uh, I don't want to reveal uh, stuff early, but like having pages, we've talked about having a site. So obviously dedicating a page to this content uh, and yeah. having it there on the internet so that future web visitors can even find the story of this company uh, and yeah. go down that rabbit hole if they want to. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And um, <laughs> yeah, so the, the the next part of the Eduflow story will come out in about a month. And uh, I will say, if, if you haven't listened to part one yet, listen to it because it's it's re- it's just really good content. And I think mm-hmm. to our credit, we also did a good job of kind of steering him because he did kind of like uh, gloss over some of the details. He's like, and then we did this, and then we did that. And we're like, wait, hold, pause. You <laughs> yeah, did yeah, what? Exactly. Wait a minute. That's not <laughs> um, easy. <laughs> and actually, um, I did something I've never really done before with an interview when I was editing it. Um, I cut out the first minute where he introduces himself, which is kind of strange. But mm. after a minute, he just, he kind of... St- it was almost like he started the podcast or the, like his story from a second time. And it was yeah. so good. Like it just, and it was, and, and from that point, like it went really fast into like the action part <laughs> of the story. Mm. So I just cut out mm-hmm. the first minute and I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just say like Eduflow for context, uh, it's an online course creation tool, learning management tool. You can create internal courses and training material um, so if that's something you want to do for your organization, like for onboarding people, uh, you can check out eduflow.com slash out of beta. There is it. And actually, I'll talk about the next thing. I was working on trying to figure out a new website for the podcast because I really want, I, and I don't understand why this is not more normal, but I want a podcast website, but I also want a CMS. Like I want a way to add pages and posts. I don't want to set up a WordPress site from scratch and like figure out how to get my podcast episodes into WordPress and stuff like that. Um, and I did find a service called uh, podcastpage.io, I think, or podpage or something, podpage.io. Um, and they do exactly this. Like you, you search for the name of your podcast. It's mm-hmm. on iTunes, so they can just show it in a dropdown. Mm-hmm. And then they make a website and give you a CMS and like a bunch of stuff that you can tweak about it. So I think it was pretty cool. The designs were pretty bad. Um, it's v- it's very much an engineer who built it. Like it has a million features. Um, hmm. it doesn't look that good. I think you can tweak it. Uh, I, I've already tweaked it a bit. Um, I think it'll be live when this episode goes live. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's going to be cool because then we can start to have more content kind of like around the podcast, which is something I just wanted to kind of start doing for a long time. Yeah. I feel like... If someone built that with really good design, that would be a pretty, pretty good business. Hint, hint. Yeah. Hint, cool. hint. <laughs> oh, and a public service announcement. We talked about kind of mentioning here that if, if we have a listener who is a listener and also someone who edits podcasts. Um, yes. Maybe talk to us because I think the ideal editor of a podcast is someone who listens to it as well. For sure. Yeah. So um, that was uh, that was a lot. Back to our, that was your update. Uh, cool. Yeah. Regular great. programming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm. I don't know about my update this week. Everyone is on vacation except me. 
in all mm. in all my ventures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I want to hear you update first because I feel like um, I haven't heard from you for like days, and then today you just start like tweeting, uh, messaging in Slack about like positioning stuff and yeah. <laughs> pricing stuff. As it just feels like you're cranking up today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I did take that vacation, which felt good uh, and nice to unplug uh, Friday. And then even Thursday, we were getting ready uh, for this trip. So Thursday was pretty uh, pretty unplugged from the keyboard, for sure. Um, we have now spent, we've spent hours now reviewing our pricing. And many, many maybe just a quick retrospective for our listeners who've heard this along the way, but just put it in. In numbers here I think we've been working on our positioning and our messaging for that audience for uh, months at this point probably talking about it once a day for at least 20 or 30 minutes and just working on it for that long so it's been a very long exercise once we figured out who that audience was we started to see some external demand in the form of sales interest from new new kinds of customers where the reaction was instantaneous no-brainer i want this uh that sounds great i'll pay what you're asking for it and by the way i think we need three more of it for other things we're working on because that's it and to see that reaction in market of that that just like it, it's literally there's the fishing line in the water waiting and you're just like working it working it and then suddenly something just grabs on and just practically pulls the reel out of your hands you're like or the rod out of your hands you're like okay uh, it never happens this is Trust different me. yeah it never <laughs> happened i mean it doesn't happen what i <laughs> exactly when i actually go fishing it doesn't happen for me either um, <laughs> but like in the cartoons you know or in the movies <laughs> when this is supposed figuratively to happen. uh and so that was just uh, really attention grabbing that, okay, wow, this is different. And the thing that I asked you about in chat today was, um, well, let me talk about what that was. We basically said that uh, we finished the early prototype or the early version really of our API, which is way more, I mean, I had a kind of a thing I threw together months ago, but this is like a real, you know, uh, built by developers focusing on it full-time version of an API or an endpoint that you can call you know, with a proper key or token and send parameters to a model, get back the results, and you can get them back in a form that's immediately usable. So you can get back a table of results with dates and the numbers are right there at your fingertips and you can connect them to a React component or connect them to whatever. And essentially means that we can power calculators or forecasts or simulations that are running on other people's sites and what's really powerful about this is the people who need those a lot of times are in marketing or sales or some business side of the house and they're just looking for something that i'm building website in webflow i have this pricing calculator that needs to be included in it and like no engineer really wants to stop working on the core product of whatever that company is and like build this pricing calculator. So we got this instant positive feedback and yes, I'll buy the thing from these couple customers. And it's caused us, now we're incorporating that into our price, our updated pricing model. So Ryan and I have been talking for weeks now about what should the new pricing be? And we're kind of in week three at this point. I think we've had, we started out with a meeting where we just literally went out to dinner <laughs> And had dinner, a couple drinks together, and then we took out the notebook and we're like, let's talk about pricing. And we just like went big, like what, let's throw out what we have today. Let's just rethink this thing from the ground up, given given this audience, the position that we have. That was the beginning, kind of the kickoff. <clears throat> we kind of have had anywhere from 20 minute to two hour conversations pretty much every day, business day since then about this thing. And we've been talking about seat-based and feature-based and usage-based and metering and tiers. <laughs> and we did a pretty exhaustive look at the market. Who else is in this space? What are they charging? What numbers are they putting on their pricing pages that kind of get people's brains going? Like, oh, okay, that's a 
that's a 45, that's a 49, that's a 129. Like, just even to get... So I feel like it's just been a very deep dive into pricing. And I think we're starting to see the pricing model that we're going to come out with line up with that sales demand (laughs) that I talked about and the new positioning. And uh, we're getting a hand of the website today. So like all of this is just kind of converging basically this week where new pricing, new positioning, new website, uh, new, new dashboard for the, for the product, new features for the product. So this is kind of a crazy, uh, yeah, like I said, crazy convergence to the end, but it means that Summit will be hopefully a very a, a different but a very compelling um, and well-positioned platform here in the next, when we're talking, now we're talking week, not not weeks, and that's exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you need help uh, building a pricing calculator for your website, just... Uh let me know <laughs> you'll recommend something or someone yeah we could do like a no code version of the new pricing yeah and, and well so actually that reminds me of what i asked you today in the slack uh for for listeners sake I, I asked you what serverless meant to you basically and we went down this interesting rabbit trail of like what does serverless mean and then i said what does headless mean and i'm trying to sort of figure out how to describe sort of what makes Summit different than other low-code tools. And I thought that was that was an interesting discussion. Um, I, I could share all kinds of other things, but I, I, th- I threw out that question and like you and Derek immediately just like started firing away <laughs> at your thoughts, which I thought was really funny too. <laughs> so do you feel like you have, did it change how you think about those things? Well, what I mostly wanted to do is I didn't want to use serverless or headless in the wrong way, you know, uh, not being in the like buying hosting market for a while or even like some of that stuff kind of went underneath or over my radar, whatever. Uh, I didn't want to use the wrong words. I do, you know, Summit with this API element is is headless. It's like a headless low-code platform, which is unique. Um, now, there are other ones that do... Yeah, build stuff and it's headless. But like, if you think about most no-code, low-code stuff, is kind of Dreamweaver-y. It's like WYSIWYG. Like, the point of it is to give people the ability to build front-end applications or components without involving a developer. So the fact that we have this visual IDE and this ability to create functional models, but then the headless option, which is like, okay, you built it, but now if you want to call it from your other front end or from your code, you can do that. Like we're just finding a really strong pull in that direction. So I wanted to make sure I didn't call it something when it's not. And so I was like, yeah. let me run this by, let me run this by like developer founders and make sure that I'm calling things correctly. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, like Airtable and stuff like kind of like a lot of like the data breaks that you would use in in no code could also kind of be described as sort of headless because you usually add something on top of it as yeah. that when you're building mm-hmm. an application right so it's almost like a compute layer for no code that's 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 the thing man so the <clears throat> you know you know me as, as i'm thinking about this i'm thinking about the narrative what's the compelling pitch if you will like i, I think we know what it is but then how do I describe it in a way that people go, oh, yeah, like that's missing, you know, like you said, this is like this low code compute layer. That's that is different. Um, and I, I mean, different like the Zapier sense, like what is Zapier? Oh, that's the no code ETL, right? Or that's the low code EL. It's a little bit of T, maybe small T. Summit is this kind of this developing com- calculation layer that I'll put it this way a lot of the other tools in the space um, now I'm thinking about bubble or uh, there's a tool called hex or um, what's the other one I'm thinking of glide they are basically a retool they're basically 
WYSIWYGs that developers like and can use because you end up writing uh, SQL statements and some JavaScript to glue things together, etc. But they're kind of WYSIWYG first and then like there's this escape hatch where if you need to do some custom code, they give you like this little, you know, JavaScript or Python text area where you can type in some code to use to run. And so the idea of those being headless kind of doesn't make sense because like the head is the point, <laughs> you know, like the UI is what you're building. Some of it is IDE first. That's the big part of it. And we kind of were adding in a WYSIWYG. We're layering a WYSIWYG on top of that. But <clears throat> I think that means that we occupy a different position in that low code, no code stack than they do. Like you could actually build a model in Summit and then call it from bubble or retool or any of these other tools and just get the answers back, right? Webflow. And I don't know, I find that very exciting because when I try to use those tools to do even the most basic math, they're, they're like limited as an understatement. Like they're kind of crippled, you know, and yeah, I think that's, that's our, that's probably our, we need fast uptake. We want fast uptake. I feel like that's a very fast uptake segment for us because what they have right now is just so painfully limited. Um, so these are the thoughts that are swirling around my head. Uh, when is the website going live? Well, we're getting shown it in two hours. Uh, I just saw a video walkthrough. We're getting handed the keys uh, and then we get to start kind of revising the language a little bit. But we're trying to get it out there next week. So... This is edit the language. Next week is the launch. Yes. That's exciting. Yes. Yes, exactly. So we're talking, like I said, we're talking week, not weeks, definitely not months, not even month. We're talking next week. So um, we might have to reduce scope to hit that deadline, but I think that deadline is really important because we've been delaying this. Mm, Delaying is the wrong word. We've been working hard on this for a long time. It's time to like keep that momentum going but but can i ask you a question like you said something interesting summit is almost like this compute can you do me a favor of like just there's a lot of ways to do compute <laughs> so like what what the heck is that right like how would you yeah i think the compute explain? i'm not a serverless expert but i mean i think that's a that's a pretty big part of the like that is basically the that is lambda right mm. this uh i want this environment uh and then i want to run this function mm-hmm. and if it in like a serverless app that function would be um uh, serve this like receive this incoming http request and chew on it and uh, you know send something back hmm. for f- if you're a, a machine learning uh whatever a researcher the compute layer might work differently right like you're mm. you just have a lot of like numbers you would you know, want to crunch right. on some right right some big server infrastructure somewhere so, so you I, basically I, just rent the compute power right mm. um, mm-hmm so when we were talking, I, I pushed, I just to like test the boundaries of my understanding here and, and even just to like find out, these are just words and words just fit into some context or semantics that we're all used to. And so it's sort of like, okay, is you point at something and you say, is that a this? And then the other person's like, no, I don't call that a that. So I said, why is not, why isn't every, why isn't Twilio, for example, to send an SMS? Why isn't that serverless? And you said, well, that's just an API that I call. Like, well, yeah, it's, but it's still using some fraction of a of a compute resource. And like, yeah, that's true. But then, then very tongue-in-cheek, which I thought was great. It's like, well, wait a minute. Punch card computing was serverless then because you're using a fraction. <laughs> <laughs> you're like using a fraction of a resource, right? So like... Yeah, I think uh, your point was that serverless was mainly like an innovation on from like a billing point of view because you pay mm-hmm. for it literally like the second you use it yeah and that's when i made the analogy to punch cards where you would like 
go to this person and be like, hey, can you run these cars yeah. through? Yeah. And uh, and then you come Everyone back a few hours shares. later or whatever. <laughs> right, right. And then I said, well, it's paper. serverless is what people started calling things when you expect a server. So then you have to differentiate. You're like serverless, right? Whereas I think, yeah. honestly, like the way I think about it, this might be completely wrong, but like the way I think about it, when people say serverless, I think a lot of people think of it as in there's, I mean, people know that there is obviously a server, but it, they think about it as I don't own the server. So like, that's why it's serverless because it's like, it's almost like the cloud is someone else's cloud with serverless. The server mm-hmm. is someone else's server. I think mm-hmm. more of it as the serverless part is more like the server doesn't have state. So mm. if, if you imagine a data center where they have, you know, provisioned like millions of, you know, virtual servers that are just ready to like do work for you, mm-hmm. you can, as long as like they have your, like the type of uh, image or like, you know, container image, mm-hmm. which is like the operating system and like all the binaries that are installed on those servers, or at least some of them, like you can take your function, your compute unit, which might be, um, you know, like um, a PHP is installed as a binary and like Laravel is loaded into your Laravel app is loaded into memory and, mm-hmm. you know, the function is basically just like calling PHP with an HTTP request or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So you can just like that unit of work that you want to get done is just like thrown into this data center and whichever server there can process it because there is no, you know, you don't store any files on the server because then they would just be gone by the next request when right. a completely different server is mm-hmm. handling their requests. Or you mm. could do like, you know, thousands of requests process them at the same time it doesn't mm. really matter where they're processed because all the state is somewhere else that's kind of how i think about the serverless part it's like it's kind of like stateless i think mm. is the most important kind of thing and then obviously the billing model is quite different yeah yeah this is interesting because uh with summit when you build a model and you um, publish it you actually do get an api but when it's funny when I when I talk about the Summit API and I said by API, remember these are APIs into models and functions that our users are building. These aren't like this isn't like a Summit API that's the same for everybody. This is I wrote some code on Summit, I published it. It has an API with arguments that are defined by me, you know, and it does math defined by me, and so we're just. The platform to run these calculations and our users are actually publishing unique APIs based, you know, for each of their models. So in some sense, I realize it's a very high level language and it's not, you know, general compute, but the idea that our users are basically able to publish an endpoint and then use it anytime it's stateless. It is, it is a mathematical function that just input output, right? There's no storage, there's no state. It has some similarities to that, but I think the valuable part is just making a service available to anybody and anything else that wants to call it and being able to just design that on the fly. And I don't have to, the alternative to this is like, oh, I I built something in Python, I'm hosting it with so-and-so, and there it is. With Summit, you don't think about any of that. <laughs> you just write a function, hit publish, and you're kind of done, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And just to be clear, like what what I think yeah. is a difference between like Twilio and Lambda, for example, is mm-hmm. that I think well Twilio is maybe different because they do allow you to run some sort of functions, right? Um, yeah. Can you have extent. models? Or maybe build. Twilio yeah. is actually more similar to Summit because it is still an API and it's an external service. Like you don't really i think as far as i understand like control any of the provisioning like you just it, it is an external service and you have satellite so this interface which is the api to kind of like communicate with it but mm-hmm. the part where you can add code like your own like scripts or whatever uh, to like do stuff and they have like logic they have some no code stuff as well to like build mm-hmm. flows and stuff um mm-hmm. that is probably more similar to summit where there is a part of summit where it's like you built you 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 built your own API, but then it kind of becomes this external 
service trio other apps that is just a, a kind of right. like there available provisioned yeah but i think for serverless it's more like i think that the problem for me with that like connection is that you could just basically call everything serverless like when i mm-hmm. when, my iphone is like serverless no one like, yeah no one has it. a server anymore <laughs> yeah it's more probably more the cloud right but mm-hmm. I, I think f- it for serverless to make sense it's it is just like a different way to like do the stuff that you would normally do on a server mm-hmm. where you had your own server it, am i right to say that you're basically tossing it'd be like if you had a summit model or code and you toss that at a cloud or some yeah so the platform. idea is basically you have your code yes. and then you're like mm-hmm. okay this is the code mm. <laughs> execute it mm. and if the code if the code yeah. takes five seconds to execute you pay that for that and if it takes five minutes you pay for that and if it takes got more it. than 15 minutes you got to be creative because that's how long you can go in a lambda function <laughs> <laughs> got it that's uh, that's interesting okay that that I get, and that is different. That's a flip of the code's not living out there waiting to be called. You're conceptually at least tossing the code into a vat of compute. It's running it and then kind of dispo- it's disposing of the code and the results simultaneously, right? Yeah, I guess it's... Hmm. I think everyone has their own mental model about yeah. how that works. And, and it's funny because this is how deep, why, why does any of this matter? Really deep in the weeds right now, thinking about like positioning, pricing, and what is this? And it's just nice to obviously use metaphors that and mental models that are familiar to people to try to describe it to folks. Because otherwise, yeah. you know, people don't understand what it is. Do you remember when you learned programming the first time when you experienced like... You know, writing like some code, rebel. which you probably just like <laughs> typed from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I I remember being so confused that okay, I'm writing code apparently, but this is just text. Like it's literally just text. Like I could write an essay in this uh, this editor as well. Like it's it's mm. literally just text. Like how is this going to be a program? Like it's not a program. It's text. Mm. And I I was so confused about like. I just didn't have like a good mental model to like understand how this text can become a program because I have I know I have programs on my computer and they're yeah. not text like they are programs and they yeah you click on them <laughs> so it made no sense to me and I was so confused about mm-hmm. it and then eventually like so, so basically I think serverless is just kind of like an answer to that like you have some code and you look at it and it's like okay then how how is this code getting run somewhere and right then serverless you know, many like serverless tools is it's almost like here's a text area, put your code in here. Mm-hmm. Whereas like traditional service is like, okay, you gotta figure out where you wanna put your files and like in in what you know there's it's more of a a computer you just handed with serverless where it's just a, literally a text area. So mm. they kinda take care of like, okay, how does this text get turned into something got it yeah. actually running somewhere. We're not, yeah. So it's not that. Uh, at least, and when you tightly when you tightly define it, which I think means well defined, it's not that. Um, it is headless in that sense, uh, which is different. And it is, you know, calculations for, you know, low coders to be able to run, etc. So a lot of things I would describe it as serverless. That's kind of my takeaway from our conversation. Is uh, now that I understand that better, it's not that, um, but it is a lot more generally useful than, you know modeling for modeling's sake and i think that's where we're finding the market demand is because not that many people model for modeling's sake there is demand in business businesses for that but a lot more people are trying to build engaging content calculators um, forecasts for other people to use and they lack tools to build those into certain environments like a marketing site or an internal dashboard or a notion doc right um, you know, once you're in those places, they're like, well, if I have to write a notion doc about our sales forecast, how do I like bring the sales forecast into the doc? You know, it's like, oh, well, you can embed a spreadsheet. It's like, well, I don't really want to embed the, that's not it. You know, I just want a little calculator. Right. And that's where Summit's like raising its hand going, we'll be the little calculation engine that can find its way into all these different mediums. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, you asked for an update and you got like six six barrels. Yeah, this was updates, very technical. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, we should charge extra te- for this one. Mm. It's so funny that it's it's technical, but to me it's it's marketing, it's product marketing. It's like yeah, learning to call your thing the right thing so that people yeah, will understand it, you know. It just so happens to be technical, but to me this is like the same decisions you make around is it a form builder or is it a survey tool, you know? And it's like you have to be careful that you describe it the right way <laughs> so that people have the right expectations. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And pricing pricing was where I actually started from, which is if they have certain expectations and the pricing model kind of needs to follow suit because if you use a pricing model for one kind of product and they're expecting it for another, or they're expecting one that's familiar to, you know, a different kind of tool, you just get really tripped up. Um, and it's funny. I mean, it's crazy how many things we as founders have to think through to like make one of these decisions it's like it all affects one another um so and 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 that's the whirlwind i'm in right now is just okay we got it we got to like really put the tent down or the peg down but there's like six dimensions to everything so yeah yeah in my head right now i'm thinking like yeah i think that's kind of why adam hired me at tailwind (laughs) because it yeah, like exactly. A That's a it is great a, point. It is what a founder can do, basically. Yeah, it it is. And what's so crazy is knowing when to... Okay, this is going to be very meta for a second, but I was thinking as I was driving, I did a, about four hours, five hours of driving each way this weekend. And I was just thinking, like, if only there was a game or some way of communicating to other people, like what it's like to be a founder and to have to (laughs) make these decisions of like, okay, is it time to invest 12 hours in thinking about our pricing or is it time to invest 12 minutes into our pricing? And the fact that either of those may be the right answer given, you know, like, what else you know yeah. in your circumstance <laughs> like yeah but if you're trying to you figure decide? that out for someone else like you would meet you would need more than like two or three variables like as input to like oh, come yeah. up with an answer for that like you would need probably a lot of different variables to keep in mind yes yes it's crazy and and so i think that's the hardest one of the hardest skills right is knowing the when to stop investing in things as a founder is certainly go yeah we don't we we actually don't because we've been in market ryan and us and summit uh, and peter for like a year or two or whatever you want to call it with the new product we've got that much data to think about and think through to decide what our pricing should be but when we created the first pricing i remember like back july of last year a full year ago now ryan did some research proposed a certain thing and we're like yeah okay i think we talked about it for like 30 minutes or an hour you know so knowing like when i mean i don't know how to describe that to people, but but I, here's my conclusion i was like if this was a game it, like would it be a very fun game <laughs> <laughs> because I, ultimately i decided like it, you would lose the game so often for reasons outside of your control yeah that that's like it's the, <laughs> like the game would, would i think the way the game would work would be like <laughs> they would start by getting you really really excited about something <laughs> Exactly. And then, like, they'll be like, "No, that actually didn't work out." And then, and then they would, then they would add this like extreme like background stress. That's <laughs> like just in the background. You you can't. You're not going to do anything with it, uh, or yeah. like respond to it or anything. And then they're going to yeah. like give you a bunch of other tasks, and you've like you're stressed out, and you don't have any motivation right now because <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, the, the, I, I was like picturing it almost as like you're dropped on a map. And the map starts revealing itself to you and you get like suddenly you see this mountain this like peak and you're like okay go to this peak and like the point of the game is to get to the highest elevation or something like that so you have a certain amount of energy and you're i was like literally thinking this through in my head i think i was like you know bored out of my mind driving down the highway but i was like wait a minute in the real world what basically ends up happening is you just discover through no fault of your own 
that like the distance to the next mountain peak is like too far like yeah and you just die <laughs> you just, there's <laughs> like like there's not much of a it's just so hard to take any lessons from that of like oh well i i guess i should have yeah done it this done it <laughs> done it this way instead it's yeah. like I'll give no. a spoiler for the next uh, part two of the Eduflow story where they get a customer and it just changes the trajectory of the company. And mm-hmm. then later, and I, t- I told David uh, when we were recording it, I told him, I'm going to ask you a question now. If you want, we can edit it out. Um, if you are okay mm. with keeping it in, we'll keep it in. And then I asked him, if you hadn't gotten that customer, what do you think would have happened? Like, how would that affect the trajectory? And he was like, oh, we wouldn't have been here today. <laughs> Crazy. what do you do with that <laughs> yeah 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 and so the lesson kids is uh be around for when that <laughs> does or doesn't happen <clears throat> yeah no that's right it's like a bridge just spontaneously appears next to your mountaintop and takes you to the next one like, yeah yeah so it wouldn't be a fun game and there would be no strategy like there'd be no clear way of winning because it's not a closed system so you're like okay and so how do you win and i I'll, I'll really I'll try to connect this to a takeaway and I'm running short on time but like there was a founder in the tiny seed recently who was asking for advice or help because they were kind of up against this pretty insurmountable wall of like there's this company we're depending on they've put up this like notice that we have to conform to a certain spec by a certain date like very daunting and after reading it through I'm like you know this is one of those cases where you kind of just have to say, I'm a founder and I have to change reality for this to work out. Like I have to get a billion dollar company to change its rules for me and make an exception because like you are on the mountaintop and the distance to the next mountain is too far and you don't have provision. You're not going to make it at that point. You almost have to just be like, I'm going to change the terrain. <laughs> and th- that actually is that's what you have to do sometimes and people like look back and go like well how did you make that happen you're like i don't know <laughs> i just somehow willed it <laughs> this thing because otherwise you can't like yeah sometimes you're just otherwise you die like i don't know what the alternative is there's really no solution there's no playing by the rules solution it's not like oh well just send 100 emails instead of six and you'll win like it's not that kind of game you know? No, it's not. <laughs> it's like, good, go change their minds. That's yeah. why you're a founder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something completely different. Go I know you've it. seen it. I know you've mm. seen it in your podcast feed. Acquired FM dropped the Walmart episode. Ooh, I know. That looks long. Um, it's the, amazing. I'm it's the most excited I've been for a podcast episode since they did Berkshire Hathaway and Standard Oil, I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can't wait so to like good. spend three hours listening to this podcast episode. Yeah. There's no way Sam Walton did not bend, change the terrain to his will in many ways. You just can't build that company without doing that, which is also what Rockefeller did and, and Buffett did. And yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have time to much for much more, um, and I don't. I I don't have a very exciting update because Bjorn is on vacation, and um, I've just been like trying to like find people to do SEO work for me and, and mm-hmm. other types mm-hmm. of work for me. Um, yeah, and uh, and then been doing tail and stuff. Cool, which has been nice, but uh, I'm not sure how much it's going to be a, a feature of this podcast. We'll see. Well, thanks for tuning in to the Matt monologue today. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I can, I think we have like three minutes. Maybe I can share like something nice that happened. Uh, yeah. I am hiring an SEO agency and I've just kind of like been feeling like a lot of like the people I've talked to were, especially like writers. Stuck. I just think I feel like I ran into the wrong writers for like what I need. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're mm. good at other types of writing. Um. So I am looking for someone to help me write these templates and reform uh, or the descriptions for them. And it's honestly like purely for SEO reasons. Like they don't really need a description. People could just like see them and see if they like them. And um, so I'm talking to this guy for this agency and I've heard good things about them. So they got recommended to me. 
And then I told him, you know, I want it to be really high quality because otherwise I don't want to put it on the website. And it just feels like a pretty fair thing to say, <laughs> like pretty mm -hmm. just seems like pretty reasonable. And he just pushes back and he's like, that's actually I actually don't agree with that. <laughs> you, you're actually like worrying about the wrong thing right now. Um, mm -hmm. And then he just like started to talk about like how like other ways we could do it um and like where we should focus on conversion and talking to you know the people that are actually gonna sign up and where we should probably just like have some more content for google and it was mm. just like it just felt like such a like breath of fresh air to like yeah. have someone push back on something that in my head sounded so reasonable and i was like i haven't seen your content yet but like this is a great start <laughs> you have an idea about how things should work and you just told me i was wrong and that you have a different way that you want to do it i'm gonna let you try that and do it your way it's fantastic man it sounds like you can even lift those hands up a little higher step back a little farther and go cool why don't you go ahead he, and run with he this? literally and... told me like i would love to like i would really appreciate if we can do it in my way and i was like that sounds perfect to me then i don't have to tell you what to do it's great and if you don't like the results yeah you still get to be editor and owner yeah. but go for it i don't have to manage you yeah. on this level that's great so yep cool man cool Good. Well, uh, good luck with the website stuff. This is exciting. Thank you. About to take a look at that in the next 30 minutes. <laughs> Talk to you later. All right, man. Thank you. Bye. Bye.